This is Liren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Vasanti Balan of the blog Signature Concoctions. Originally from Pune, a major city in the western part of India, Vasanti is now based in the San Francisco Bay Area. By day, she works in business intelligence and analysis while balancing her work on signature concoctions as a cooking instructor and now cookbook author. Her first book, Authentic Indian Cooking with Your Instant Pot, was published earlier this year. I am so excited to welcome Vasanti to the podcast. Hey, Vasanti. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I've been super excited about this. I know. We've been chatting online and I'm so excited to finally meet you and put a real face to your name <laughs> other than yeah. a tiny little... <laughs> me too tiny little picture on social, but I always start by asking, what's the first thing you ever cooked and about how old were you? Oh my God. (laughs) So I have to be very, very honest with you. Growing up, I did not step into the kitchen at all. I didn't necessarily help my mom, but I have to say what I cooked, the very first thing I cooked must have been around 18 years or so. And it was a rustic Indian chicken curry that Mm -hmm. I learned from one of my aunts. And the reason why I ended up cooking that is because I grew up in a vegetarian household. My mom is vegetarian. And we strictly were not allowed to cook anything non-vegetarian in the house. But we would always eat non-vegetarian food in the sense chicken, Mm -hmm. mutton, which is goat meat. Uh, popularly consumed in India, mm-hmm. uh, and fish and seafood outside at restaurants, but not at home. Huh. So as I was growing up, I was like, Mom, I want to learn cooking, but I want to try something that we don't end up cooking at home. And one of my aunts used to make this chicken curry that I absolutely loved. I learned it from her, and I actually didn't cook it in my home but I cooked it in my aunt's kitchen so that was the first thing I remember cooking oh thank goodness for aunties (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) so you grew up in a vegetarian household but you it sounds like you ate everything so now that you are cooking for yourself and your family how do you you're cooking everything now it looks Mm -hmm. like So um, I was exposed to the non-vegetarian, as as it's more commonly known in India, which is essentially chicken, goat Mm -hmm. meat. Um, Beef and pork are not that much consumed. They're consumed only in certain parts of the country. Uh, So we didn't, growing up, we didn't eat them at all. And then fish and seafood, um, thanks to my dad. My dad is a real foodie and... Mm -hmm. um, He was the one who probably um, gave us those opportunities whenever we went out. Mom had no problem with us eating or anything like that. She was just like, I'm not going to eat it and I'm just not going to cook it. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, obviously I had tasted quite a lot of um, uh, the food uh, outside in restaurants. And when I met my um, husband now, but my boyfriend then, we were college sweethearts. Aww. And <laughs> he is a pure meditarian, if you will. Like, oh, really? Total like, carnivore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So vegetarian food, like, yes, he will have whenever I make it. But, like, he really loves his meat. 
So that's how when I actually started cooking, I started experimenting a lot with like all kinds of meats and fish and seafood as well. And now in my family, I think all the all the men, my brother, my brother-in-law, my nephew, they love meat and seafood. So that ends up happening more often than mm-hmm. uh, not whenever we get together for family gathering. And um, that's how I ended up learning and trying new dishes to cook other than vegetables from my mom. And dad. So interesting. <laughs> so can you tell everyone a little bit more about what your childhood was like? Oh, childhood was a lot of fun. I think I have just beautiful memories. I grew up in a joint family. Joint family meaning my grandparents lived with us. Mm -hmm. And I also had another grand aunt who also lived in the same family. Mm -hmm. So it was the aunt was really her husband and my grandfather were brothers. So it was extended um, family. Extended. Yeah couple of generations living together in this big house and um, every Indian holiday and every little thing was centered around food Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it was a lot to do with like recipes from not just my mom's side but my dad's side my grand aunt's side and all of that lunches and dinners were very thoughtfully made my mom would plan the lunches that she would pack for us for school and all of that so it was a lot of um centered around food and discussions around like what tastes good and what uh, like how to cook certain things or you know it was a lot around food and culture and all of that if i remember it's so nice to have different generations in a household because i feel like as a child you get A different perspective on life when I see the difference with my own kids. Like, I know that growing up, I would have, you know, like maybe months at a time when I would have grandparents visiting and they would stay at our house. And I loved that time so much because you can't really replace that time with your grandparents. And when they were living with you, they they impart a different kind of knowledge and and love for food, for example, and, and cooking. So in your house, I know you, your mom would cook, but would, would your great aunt cook? Like who else would do the cooking? Yeah. So my grand aunt cooked too. My grandmother, not so much, but she did pass on a lot of her, her own creative recipes to mom. Like Mm. she handed them down. And actually in my book, I have sort of paid a tribute, if you will, to each one of them. So there's a recipe that my grand aunt used to make. There's a recipe that my grandmother handed down to my mom. And then there are also a couple of recipes that my uh, maternal grandmother, my mom's mom, actually Mm -hmm. passed on to her and then to me too. I've learned some of that directly from her. And yeah, to your point, those moments spent with my grandparents, those were definitely precious. And as I was writing the book, I was definitely looking back and trying to uh, really relive those moments and recreate some of those flavors that I remember having uh, from the food that my grandmothers made, you know? Yeah. Well, I I can't wait to talk more about the book, but I just wanted to touch upon the pressure cooker very quickly. Mm -hmm. Because 
in the beginning of the book, you talk about how you packed your pressure cooker in your <laughs> luggage. And I love that story. So can you please tell everyone about that, please? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So pressure cooker is definitely one of the most beloved kitchen gadgets for Indians, if you will. I know almost every one of my friends landed here with a pressure cooker packed in their bags, in their suitcase. A lot of my friends went to grad school the same way I did. And some of them did uh, move here after they were married. But literally each and every one did come with a pressure cooker. <laughs> Was it the old school kind that had like a yes. little black thing that would kind of wiggle around? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, it was the, we, it's called a whistle. And yes, it, it, okay. it was, it was those kinds, um, that go on the stovetop, actually. And right. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, Loving it. Actually, I loved my pressure cooker. That's how I essentially learned to make some of the basic stuff, which is cooking rice mm -hmm. and lentils, um, dal, that's more commonly known as dal. So I would usually throw both of those in together, make a dal and rice kitchen at times, or just cook them separately in insert pans and then have a meal together in grad school. So, I mean, I, I did use it literally every day. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you'll find that happening in a lot of Indian households, actually. And that's why Instant Pot, which is the electric version of the pressure cooker, is so, so popular amongst Indians. Uh, and I would say it's popular amongst a lot of Asians as well. Yeah. Yeah, I just got mine several years ago, and I do remember. And the thing is, I never had – I had a, a, a stovetop pressure cooker growing up, but I didn't have one, you know, as an adult <laughs> in my own kitchen. So I kind of forgot about it, and then I, it all came back to me, just the memories of, you know, it would whistle, and it would yeah. make everything so tender. The whistle, I, is, is, <laughs> the whistle is the funniest thing, actually. I remember like when my daughter was born, she was a baby. The Instant Pot wasn't out by then. And the whistle would startle her, scare her away. Aww. Sometimes she might, she would be napping and the whistle has woken her up. And I was like, oh my God, no. I can never get this right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the whistle has a funny way of like going off and attracting everybody's attention for sure in the house. So I imagine that the Instant Pot was a game changer and it obviously seamlessly works so well with Indian cooking. But are there some things that you prefer with the old school pressure cooker? I have to be very honest. I have my old school pressure cooker, but after I got the Instant Pot, I haven't used it, oh, but really? I saved it because I, I used it. It's something I brought from India when I came for the very first time. And I had it for almost 10, 12 years with me. And I maintained it very well. It's, uh, it's in a good shape. I didn't have the heart to just let it go. I still have it, but I have not used it. Huh. Um, only because some of the things that the Instant Pot offers which is after the cooking is complete, mm -hmm. you it just goes on to the warm mode. Mm 
meaning you don't have to stick around and wait how many whistles happened <laughs> yeah sometimes lose track of it and not have either food overcooked or undercooked because you didn't remember or you have to stay around you cannot necessarily step out of the house because mm-hmm. the pressure cooker is on the stove all those things were just gone away with the instant pot so that's why i the transition was pretty seamless and i haven't necessarily gone back when i still have that So, okay, I have to ask uh-huh. how many instant pots do you have? I have only one on. Oh, I'm I impressed. <laughs> I didn't go for a multiple one. It works for us. I have the medium size, the 6 quart instant pot, and we're a family of 3. So for a family of 3, it it's really it's fine. I'm able to manage with just one. I do have a lot of other accessories though. So, okay. I do have the inner pod, multiple inner pods because if I've made something, I can just take the inner pod out, use another one and cook something else in the other one. I have done that multiple times. So, I do have multiple inner pods. I do have some of the other accessories for the instant pot, but just the the kitchen appliance itself, I have only one. Well, I love <laughs> how you offer a lot of tips in your book about you know the instant pot or pressure cooker in general but can you tell everybody including myself the pot and pot method for cooking rice cuz you mentioned that you can cook rice along with the recipes that are in the books and i and i don't really use that method enough so could you just tell us about that absolutely pot and pot method is a savior i have to say because what it helps you do is really put a whole meal together and that works very well specifically for the indian cooking or indian food because you make a curry in the bottom mm-hmm. and then you make rice or quinoa or brown rice which is what these are the three or four things that i usually make pot and pot along with the curry or the dal that is cooking at the bottom um you do need a couple of basic things to be able to do that one is a tall trivet and these things are easily available on amazon mm-hmm. the tall trivet is taller way taller than the trivet that comes with the instant pot okay um as one of the accessories so when you get the instant pot you get two or three different accessories with it but this is an additional accessory that you do have to buy it's taller so it takes into account the space for the bottom like liquid moisture stew or curry that you will be cooking at the bottom mm-hmm. and then on top of it you can stack and insert pan again there are multiple different sizes of insert pans that are available uh specifically for the instant pot and you can find them easily on amazon Uh I know Target carries them as well and you just set the food or rice for example in the insert pan set it on top of the tall trivet and then cook it all together so your curry or lentils cook at the bottom and the rice cooks on top I cannot wait to try that that is a game changer and I think that would work well for things like even in Filipino cooking like I like to do an adobo chicken at the bottom and then of course i have to have rice yeah. so i need to go get myself a tall trivet <laughs> yes 
Absolutely. That is going to definitely help you. And again, everything cooks all together at one time in one pot. So you can really put a good, wholesome meal together at one time. And you don't have to have multiple pots or anything. Cleanup is easy too. So it's just all in all, it's a win-win for everything, honestly. Oh my gosh. And I can't wait to pull out my Instant Pot now. <laughs> um, what was the one dish that you knew you just had to include in your book? Oh my gosh. <laughs> there are so many of these that I, I remember. But uh, if I have to think of what did I absolutely have to or wanted to, it's really some of the traditional family recipes. Mm -hmm. And those are all in this chapter, humble, uh, simple stews and humble veggies chapter in the book. And those are all that are near and dear to me. Those are the ones that I've learned from my mom, my grandmothers. I, I knew that if I ever wrote a book, I would have to include all of those recipes. I'm glad so. that you've preserved it and in print. So that's so <laughs> exciting. Yes. Was there a dish that surprised you when you were testing? Is there something that you find tastes even better when you make it in the Instant Pot? I was most surprised by the cake. Now, baking a cake in the Instant Pot, when I even like was thinking about this whole concept and doing research on it. I was not sure if that's going to work. I had seen some posts and things like that from different bloggers who had tried that. And I was like, I cannot believe that. I have to try it to believe it myself. Uh -huh. And the, the cake was definitely, baking a cake in the Instant Pot was the most surprising and most rewarding, if you will, experience that I had. The cake really turns out to be super moist, super fluffy and spongy. Huh. And believe it or not, it browns. It, really? I, I was, I didn't think that the cake can brown, like it had, it could have a nice golden crust, but it does get it. And I don't know how I baked the cake several times and I still cannot figure out how it gets golden brown, huh. but it does. And uh, it's just the softest and the spongiest cake and the moist cake that you'll ever have. And the best part is you don't even have to preheat, wait for preheating yes. uh, for the oven to preheat or anything like that. You just set it up, it builds pressure and it cooks under pressure in steam but it just the cake just comes out the best that's one of my um i i really enjoyed creating that recipe and i i'm not a sweets person i'm not i don't have a, much of a sweet tooth but that cake i'll have <laughs> oh that's so interesting i haven't baked a cake in the in the instant pot yet either and clearly i need to get on board so i'm definitely going to try that um, I also love how you have a section with photographs, which is so helpful, of essential ingredients that you can find at the Indian grocery store. Yeah, I'm so lucky because I have one close by that is so convenient to me and I love going. But can you tell everyone about asafetida? Because I don't think a lot of people know about it, but I feel like it's a critical ingredient. Yes. So asafetida is essentially a dried ground sap from a celery root-like tree 
or, or plant. And that is used in uh, flavoring the oil that is sort of your base for Indian cooking. Mm-hmm. Now that has, like, I'm not um, very well versed with the Ayurveda cooking, but I do know a little bit that the asafoetida offers a lot of benefits. One of the key benefits that the asafoetida helps is in it aids in digestion. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is it is very good for people with asthma. Like oh. it helps. Yes, it's known to have that properties. Again, I'm not the expert, um, <laughs> but I just know that that all plays a role when you're using it. So it is one of those uh, ingredients, key ingredients that I uh, use in my cooking. I've seen my mom, my grandmothers, a lot of my Indian friends use it. And I have included that in a lot of my recipes in the book as well. And I thought that if it is such a key ingredient that appears in almost all of the recipes, not the desserts, of course, I should include that in the essential ingredient in the page. And again, I'm so happy the way that essential ingredient sections came out to be. It was supposed to be just a basic list at first, but then um, I came up with an idea and then pastry, my design team was super supportive about it to have the pictures. I'm a visual person. Yes. And if I can actually see what the ingredient looks like, or if I can just take the book and go Uh to the store store and say, this is what I'm looking for. For somebody who doesn't know, I thought that would have been like, uh, that would be super helpful. So I'm glad that my pastry publishing team was um, receptive to that idea and they executed on it. And I love the way they designed that section. Yeah, I love it. I love that there are photographs for each ingredient. It really does help visualize um, what you're looking for. And then it, I, I also feel like it just makes it more approachable if you've never heard of it before. Okay, we also have to talk about Black Indian salt because it sounds so flavorful. It is. Um, it definitely adds that umami, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is slightly tangy. It's definitely salty. It's a little smoky. And it, it's pink in color when it's dry, when you get it in the packaging. But when you sprinkle it on top of food, it actually turns black. And that's wow. the whole reason why it's known as black salt. Um, Interesting. Um, as it's called in India popularly. Think of it like if if you've ever tasted chaat masala, which is again a mixture of dried mango, dried ginger, pepper, a lot of these complex flavors, black salt or kalanamak is just like that. Interesting. Okay. If you don't have it, is it okay to just substitute with kosher salt? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And you can use kosher salt and chaat masala if you have that around. Um, or you can use a combination of kosher salt and lime and lemon juice to mm, uh, create that tanginess. a similar flavor. Exactly. exactly. Oh, so interesting. Okay. And I was on your blog and there's a recipe that I really, really want to try because I love eggplant, barley vangi. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell everyone about the stuffed eggplants? I love how you just describe all the different variations. 
throughout India, how each region has their own take on it. So if you could just tell everyone about your take, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so happy to hear that that's the one recipe that caught your attention. <laughs> it is very near and dear to me. I love eggplants and I actually have like eaten them throughout. Even as a kid, I would go for those when um, like my brother and sister may not necessarily go for it when it's on the dining it's table. It's so good, but yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please try this whenever yeah. I meet someone who doesn't like it, eggplant. For like, kids especially, it's difficult to like go for eggplant, but I used to love it. And uh, the recipe on my website is actually something that my grandmother, my mom's mom, used to the way she used to make it that's how i make it as well it's a combination the stuffing is a combination of crunchy red onions they're they add their own little sweetness uh, along with their crunch then um the coconut grated coconut i think i also add crushed roasted peanuts the goda masala which is like the Maharashtrian garam masala. Mm -hmm. Maharashtra is the state where I am from, and mm -hmm. we have our own little version of garam masala that's oh, okay. made. And in the book, actually, I have a hack on how to make the this version of garam masala, which is essentially you mix the garam masala that you get in the store with mm -hmm. coconut, dried coconut. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and it's just this sweet. Goda masala is sweet masala. That's what it means. So that goes in the uh, stuffing mixture as well. And if you want, you can control the heat by red chili powder and all of that. And all of this mixed together is stuffed in the eggplant, in the baby eggplants. You give them little slits and then you stuff it in them. And then it just braises in its own liquid. Oh, that sounds base. so good. My mouth is water. I haven't had lunch yet, so. <laughs> oh, that sounds so delicious. Well, Vasanti, we're running out of time. It goes way too fast. Sometimes oh my I gosh, think I didn't even realize it. Right? <laughs> so I've got some quick closing questions before mm -hmm. we go. What's something that you make when you're too tired to cook that's your emergency go-to dinner? It is in the Instant Pot. I, um, Yay, of course. <laughs> it's a combination of uh, rice and lentils. It's called kichdi. Mm -hmm. And it's you just dump it all together and cook it together with some seasonings, whatever seasonings you like. If you have uh, frozen veggies in your freezer, just throw them as well. And then it all cooks together. It's kind of like a rice porridge or risotto, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's it turns out like that. And that's my lazy day comfort food, sort of a go-to thing to make. That sounds like my kind of meal. And I think I'm <laughs> going to try that this weekend. Um, what's the one recipe that you treasure the most? It has to be my grandmother's dal recipe. And again, I have paid a tribute to her uh, in the book. And uh, the recipe is called Amti. It's a combination of um, lentils, like split peas, pigeon peas, tur dal, and uh, moringa pods. Mm. And she used to make it together. Um, 
again, with some basic spices. And it's the most precious. I still have my grandmother's masala stored in the freezer. Wow. Um, <laughs> How old is that? <laughs> uh, it must be at least 10 years old. At That's this amazing. Point, but I'm putting it in the freezer just because like, I just want to treasure it and uh, save it. And even when my mom visits, I don't let her <laughs> use it for cooking. <laughs> no, that's so it has to be a super special occasion that you're going to use yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So, and that uh, when I was cooking in the book, I did use that masala for it. That's so, <laughs> so special. What a great, what a great thing to have. <laughs> um, are you a messy cook or a neat cook? I am a neat freak. Uh, really? If there is, so I, I cannot function if there's clutter around me. So I am constantly like cleaning around um, the workspace if I'm cooking something. If the oil splashes, for example, mm -hmm. I will stop the process, put it away and clean it. Wow. I know that doesn't make any sense because then I put it back, the oil can't splash again. So you literally will put your dish to the side and like, are you waiting for everything to cool down? Like, are you touching your, your grapes? <laughs> I know sometimes I tend to do that and, and that's oh, not the most efficient way and that's not necessarily right and I'm causing double work for myself. But I just cannot function if um, there's clutter or mess. So I do keep constantly like cleaning as much as I can. Wow, I bet that came to your advantage when you took classes at ICE, <laughs> right? I mean, oh my God, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, my station used to be much, much cleaner compared to a lot of other. <laughs> and, you know, my instructor really appreciated it because she is she was very similar to me. And she actually noticed it and she did call it out. And she said she appreciated how clean my station was. That's so funny. <laughs> so so you, you were made for culinary it. school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very happy about that. <laughs> What's a good kitchen tip? I have to say a good kitchen knife is the most important. I don't nice. think you can you can proceed without it. You can have the best kitchen, but if you don't have a good knife, you're not going to be able to do anything. Uh, and knives are very important, not just for savory, but for like sweet and desserts as well. So, yes. um, I have a really good one knife that will help you cut everything. Yeah. For me, it is the Santoku knife. I cannot oh, yes. live okay. without it. <laughs> and keep it sharpened because that's. Yeah. So important. Yes. I try to share five little things on my site. It could be something good that I experienced during the week or something that made me smile. Is there something that made you smile this week? Oh, my gosh. I have to say it's something my daughter said. She, it, it, It's a simple post that I posted on Instagram. But just before going to bed, she came and said, that turned out really good. And I'm so proud of you that you, you, you're doing this. It was last night, actually. So, so sweet. <laughs> I was touched and it definitely made my day yesterday and my whole week, I think. 
It's so nice when they acknowledge you. <laughs> they do. And I, I, I'm so in awe of her. Like she notices these things. Um, How old she, is she? She's 15. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she pays attention to that. And she is, she makes sure to, you know, show her, express her appreciation for the little what things that we do. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. I have teenagers too. So knowing <laughs> that they appreciate you and say something nice to you is makes it even more special. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, Vasanti, I enjoyed talking to you so, so much. Where can people find you and your new book? Anyone who wants to learn more about me can go to my website, signatureconcoctions.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Signature Concoctions. Uh, my book is available pretty much wherever books are sold. But if you go to my website, there's a dedicated session for my cookbook. And it's one of the tiles at the top of my website. You can click on it and find various ways to get it. There are signed copies that are directly available for purchase from me. There are copies that you can buy from any retailer like Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble a bunch of different options. Perfect. And I have to ask, because I know you you do um, cooking classes. Yes. Are you still doing that? Is that still going on? Yes, I oh, am still okay. uh, doing cooking classes. Um, I used to run them primarily from my kitchen, but I am uh, just in the process of setting it up and offering uh, cooking classes in San Francisco, actually. Oh, um, wow. Yes. So working on that as and when things finalize, I'll be sure to be posting on uh, my social channels and also on my website. Uh, so more to come in that area. Oh, that's exciting. So many interesting things going on, not just the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am trying to like do as much as I can just to really, um, again, when I sit back and think about my mission, it's really to make Indian food accessible to anyone. And I am trying to do that through my blog. The cookbook is a great medium. Mm -hmm. And then through cooking classes and now trying and expanding them and expanding the offerings from multiple locations. Oh, so, you're doing a great yeah. job. The book is beautiful. I The cover is gorgeous, by the way. Thank I have you. To my copy right here. Um, <laughs> That's my yeah. uh, daughter's hand on. Oh, it is? Yes. Aww. She was the hand model. So wherever you see um, a hand in the picture in any of I'll the I'll think of her. <laughs> it's her. She helped me a great deal. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Vasanti. I am so looking forward to cooking from your book. And maybe I'll take a cooking class in the future. That'll that be would be amazing. We'll get to meet each other <laughs> yeah. in person and learn from each other. I mean, you are an accomplished blogger yourself and a cookbook author Aww, yourself. Thank you. <laughs> and I am a huge fan of Filipino food. Yay. One of my best friends is Filipino. So I have... Uh, tried a bunch of different restaurants here in the Bay Area, and I would love to be able to make it myself. How uh, we should have that a, be? we have to have a cooking date one day. That'll be fun. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I've, I, I think what we could do is like a recipe exchange or something. Get together, 
Yeah. You teach me Filipino and I'll teach you some of the Indian cooking. Oh, I love it. Let's plan it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Basanti. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. You too have an amazing day. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Vasanti for joining us today. She has inspired me to dust off my pressure cooker and I can't wait to cook from her cookbook. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. <laughs>